Well, welcome back. Welcome to 2717. We are iron sharpening iron as uh, one man and one woman uh, strengthen another. Uh, glad you're here. Um, and I, again, I don't know if I'm saying welcome or I'm saying welcome back, but I'm so thankful that you're here. Um, look, God put on our heart um, a couple of years ago to start bringing messages to the world, uh, to draw people closer to Jesus and to share really the, the, the pillars, the, the things that God has done in me and through me and through us to um, really build the person that I am today, which by the way, I'm still a work in progress. Um, but wow, um, have I grown from where I was uh, back in 1992 when my walk with Jesus started. Um, so today uh, I wanted to talk about um, growing and growing spiritually. Uh, I've got four or five kind of points that I want to share with you. Um, but, you know, growing spiritually uh, and continuing to grow um, is it, it's it's non-negotiable. Right. If, if we want to improve our life, if we want to uh, better ourselves, if we want our families to be blessed, if we want our our health, if we want our, our relationships to be blessed, if we want our relationship with the Lord to be growing and fruitful, um, growth is required. Um, one of the things that I say uh, uh, fairly often is God loves you. God created you. God uh, right. You are. There's no mistake. Right. He created you wonderfully. He knitted you in his own image. <clears throat> but to be everything God created us to be, growth is required. Right. We part of part of the deals. We've got to grow. So let's talk a little bit. The number one point I like to start with today is we all need sharpened. Growing spiritually allows us to grow in all areas of our life. You know, um, when I think about this first point, um, I think about COVID and I think about the, the apathy and I think about the, uh, where a lot of us found ourselves, which was kind of drifting around and really not, not pursuing growth and, and maybe even living a little bit out of, out of fear. Um, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but, but I, I dealt with some of that. And here's what I know about um, drifting or, or the, the fact of not being sharpened is that nothing good happens in those places. <clears throat> now, I think about my, my marriage with Pam. Um, nothing, uh, our relationship doesn't grow and it doesn't get better if I'm not pursuing and I'm not, and I'm not intentionally trying to grow a relationship. I think about uh, uh, exercise and, and my fitness and health. If I'm not pursuing exercise, if I'm not uh, you know, intentionally doing things to improve my health, it doesn't just get better. And I think about my relationship with Jesus. And if I'm not pursuing him, if I'm not digging into God's word, if I'm not having a regular routine prayer time, if I'm not involved in my local church, I begin to drift away and my faith begins to diminish. And, and old things that I thought, well, those are in the past, maybe they start creeping back up. Therefore, in Hebrews 2, 1, um, I, it's scripture that I keep near and dear to my heart because uh, it, it's a, I don't live in fear, but I do have a healthy fear of drifting. And Hebrews 2, 1 says to be very, very careful, very careful 
to remember the things that you and I have been taught. Least we drift away. Least we drift away. What does that mean? Well, there's things in my life that will anchor me. There's things in my life that keep me pointed in the right direction. And I'm be, I must be very careful to remember those things, to be anchored to those things, to, to pursue those things in my life. <clears throat> if I don't, then I begin to drift away, right? Now, uh, I heard John Maxwell say this not too long ago, that nobody gets to the mountaintop by accident. And, and I love that statement. And I think it's very true. And it really, uh, it hits home with me because I, I think about it. You know, to get to a mountaintop, if I'm going to climb to a 10,000 foot mountain, I'm, it's going to be intentional, right? I, I'm, I'm not going to just take a walk and the next thing I know, I'm on top of a 10,000 foot mountain. It just doesn't happen that way. Now, I can wander around and, and, and just kind of aimlessly walk down in the valley. There's no intention, right? It, to, when I'm in the valley, there's nothing intentional I've done. Uh, I haven't pursued the valley. I may have drifted into the valley. I may have made some critical errors and wound up in the valley. But if I'm going to live an intentional life, if I'm going to live uh, the life that God's called me to live, to, to be the man that God's called me to do, it's going to be an intentional life. And it's going to be a life that's not drifting. So what is your purpose and what is your calling? Let's start with the obvious. Um, and this is what I wrote. I'm going to talk to you guys out there. Men, if you're married, love and serve your wife with all of your heart. Make it your honor and privilege to bless her beyond her wildest dreams and make it your joy for her to live her purpose, her calling, and watch what happens in your marriage and watch what happens in your life. I promise you, when we pursue God's best, when we pursue being sharpened, amazing things happen in our life. Okay, second point. The first step in sharpening is grinding followed by polishing. Now, <clears throat> that doesn't sound very much fun, does it? Yeah, um, Mary, I don't want to be ground on. I don't want to be polished on. I don't even know what you're talking about, right? But listen, when we submit our life to Christ and we allow the Holy Spirit to grind on us, right, in, in, in a loving way, but sometimes it's a little rough, right? It can be awkward. It can be painful. It, it, it really can be. Uh, I've experienced grinding. Um, I have, uh, uh, you know, when I was, and I still experience grinding. You know, it's it's when those, it's in those periods, right? We we have these periods of, of acceleration and growth where uh, things tend to just be clicking and working. And, and, and then we reach what I call a plateau where we'll kind of come across and we hit a hit a place where everything seems just, it's like we're just kind of cruising. It's like things are like, wow, things are really, really good. And then invariably we come back down and we start kind of on a decline. And, um, you know, it's in these incline accelerations and these declines where a lot of times the light is coming on and, and revelation is happening. Sometimes in the incline, we're seeing the good. We're seeing uh, the things that we've done in the past to the, the, the adjustments that we've made, the, 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 the getting back to the anchors of our life, some of the principles that we've, that we've changed. And now we see our life increasing and things getting better. And then invariably we'll hit a plateau, 
right? And we'll, we'll begin to kind of coast. It's our human nature. I don't know why we do that, but we do that. Maybe it's a time of rest. Maybe it's, maybe it's a time of just celebration. It doesn't necessarily mean you've done anything horrible, but we do reach this plateau and then invariably we begin to kind of slide back down a little bit. What, what, I, what I try to do in my life is to not have as many spikes, right? To not have the, the, the rapid accelerations and the rapid declines, but just kind of have a, oh yeah, this is great. Okay, we're gonna kind of chill here and then, oh, it's kind of coming up. Look, let's gear back up, let's go back up, right? We're, 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 it's not as dramatic, right? I don't like the dramatic near as much as I do the, the gradual ups and down, the gradual ups and downs. Okay, now, uh, I don't know if you can relate to, um, to this, but uh, this grinding and then followed by sharpening. But um, let, me, let me give uh, a few examples out of, uh, out of my life and some of my testimony. Um, but my spiritual growth um, and my maturity, uh, it, it's been a journey, right? And I'm, I, I'm confident that yours has been also. You know, um, I was saved, right? That was a that was now that that was a radical spike. I was radically spiked up, and then it was not even three years later I was divorced, um, and that was a pretty radical spike down. Um, you know, I had a, a wonderful career in, in the automotive industry. I spent almost eighteen years in the automotive industry, and it was it was for the most part, a, you know, some some plateaus, right? But it was it was you know. Uh, uh, success and, and, and promotion and more success and more promotion and on, on and on. It, it was a, it was a very, it was a very nice curve up. <clears throat> um, and then after almost 18 years, I was fired and I could give more examples, but, but what I found is that with each of the successes in my life, there was also some setbacks and, and, and I, I think maybe we all have that in common, that we have these periods of, of increase and, and prosperity and blessing and relational blessing. And, and then sometimes it's followed by a, 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 down, a down spiral, a, a negative setback. And, um, but here's what I've found, that when I keep my eyes and my perspective on Jesus and, and when I keep myself in a healthy place surrounded by great people, I begin to look at and understand what is the purpose? Where, where, Father God, where are we grinding? Where are we trying to polish in this season of setback, in this season of discouragement, whatever that is? And when I keep my eyes on the Lord, right? And I and I don't stay focused on the worldly uh, thing of am I succeeding or not succeeding and saying, okay, God, what is it that, that you need to grind off of me? What is it that you're trying to teach me through this? Then, right, then I begin to see the truth. Then I begin to, to make the change. And he begins to polish and work some things off of me. And I'm able to look back and go, oh, okay, I understand. There's some things I need to do different. There's some things I need to change. There's some maturity I need to have. It's not just the circumstances of the world. It's not that I was a victim. It's not, and I'm not saying that people aren't victims. I'm not saying that, that there, there wasn't a place where maybe I've been, uh, in a way, a victim. There's no doubt about that. But I don't learn anything 
as soon as I become a victim, right? And, and I'm just going to tell you that this is for me. When I, when I become the victim, and that's my main point of view, that I lose my ability to grow in that moment. I lose my ability to, to learn, to adapt, and to change. And that's what, I, that's what God's trying to do in this. This grinding and this polishing is God's attempt to say, okay, my son, okay, my daughter, let, 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 let's work on you a little bit. Let's, let's, let's grow you. Let's, let's grind on you a little bit. Let's polish on you a little bit. And then on the other side of this, you're gonna have more clarity. You're gonna understand your purpose better. You're gonna understand your calling better. You're gonna understand what, why we needed to change a few things in this season so I can get you ready for the next season, right? There's a purpose in all this. The number three point, uh, I wanna start with the scripture and it's Hebrews uh, 10, 24. And it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. In addition to Holy Spirit grinding and polishing us, um, key mentors have played a huge role in my life. And I believe they probably have played, played, a, uh, played a huge role in your life. Here's a question. Who has spiritually sharpened you? And was your growth limited by your willingness to be vulnerable and draw close enough to be sharpened? For a, a mentor, for um, um, another person, a pastor, a coach, uh, a, a close friend, uh, a spouse uh, in some cases. Um, if, if, there are, if they are going to impact your life Here's two things that are going to have to happen. You and I have to get close enough to them and we have to get vulnerable. And um, being vulnerable is kind of scary, right? We've got to open up our heart. We've we, we got to expose ourselves. But if it is a true mentor, if it's somebody that, um, um, that you are going to, that you're seeking, then um, there's a level of trust, I believe, that's been established. Um, let me share uh, just a, a couple, two or three examples in my life. Uh, when I was a very young man, um, I was a little awkward. Um, I, um, uh, I had uh, terrible vision, uh, even at a young age, and I had uh, glasses that were thicker than, than what most kids had. Uh, I needed braces when I was younger. Um, thank God my, my, my parents blessed me with braces, um, and thank God I was able to get surgery for my eyes, so I don't just have to wear readers now, but I don't have to have glasses. But um, but early on, um, uh, I, I met a friend on the playground and, uh, and he saw that I was kind of a big, strong kid and had some athletic ability. And, um, so his dad was forming a football team at the time. And, uh, and they asked me to be a part of this team. This man's name was Terry Clark and Terry coached me in football in basketball and in track. Um, he didn't coach baseball. Um, somebody else did, but football, basketball, and track. Uh, he was our coach, and uh, wow, did that man shape my life. Uh, I would not be the man I am today without Terry Clark being in my life. Um, grit, determination, intestinal fortitude. Uh, I remember him saying that word over and over again, intestinal fortitude. Um, you know, I learned that uh, I was capable of doing more than what I thought. Uh, I learned uh, being a good teammate um, and um, so many, so many valuable lessons that this great mentor 
Terry Clark. Um, it's been a while back, but I had lunch with him. Um, he was in his early 70s a few years ago. Um, still looks good. Um, but I, I'm not quite sure if he understands how much he impacted the lives of not only me, but many of the other players on that team. So, Terry Clark, if you, if you ever have to tackle symbol on this, uh, thank you, my brother. I, I appreciate you more than you know. Uh, Pastor Kyle Wilkinson. I'm not quite sure Kyle. Kyle's my dear friend. He's a pastor at my church, Trinity Fellowship. Um, Pop Kyle was the first person that asked me to be involved and to teach in a pastoral or a ministry way uh, at my church. Um, and I believe Kyle opened the door. And um, I believe he, he heard the Holy Spirit. I believe he was honoring that. And as a result, today, um, I am a pastor and I'm an elder at my church. And, um, but, but my good friend, uh, Pastor Kyle Wilkinson, opened that door. Um, when I started doing funerals and, and weddings, he brought me a, a, a book, a manual, a guide for how to do weddings and funerals. Um, he has been a faithful friend. He has been a pastoral mentor, and, and I love him. And uh, so, Kyle, if you happen to watch this, brother, I, I love you. Uh, the last one uh, that I want to mention uh, is my good friend Matt Spears. Matt Spears is also a pastor at my church. And, uh, and I, you know, Matt uh, has been a mentor. Um, I have sat under Matt in his leadership at Trinity Fellowship Church. Um, and I remember when Matt called me one afternoon and we had coffee at Roaster's Coffee and he asked me to be our, our men's pastor, our lay men's pastor at Trinity Fellowship. And, uh, Matt gave me my first pastoral position in the church and he has, he has assigned me in different roles after that. Um, but Matt, my friend, uh, if you happen to watch this, uh, thank you. Um, you've forever impacted my life. Um, I know you told me you you're simply recognizing what God had already was what God was already doing in my life, but my brother, you you heard the Lord and you gave me that opportunity, and so I share these three things with you guys. One, I want to honor these men that have blessed me so much, but you have these people in your life, and you know these men spurred me on. Remember the, the scripture. Let us. Let's consider how we, how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Well, these men spurred me on, and they played a huge role in my growth. And here's, here's what I want to ask you. Who are you spurring on? Can I encourage you today? Look around you at the, the men and women God has placed in your life. They need some spurring. And I'm not talking about in a critical way, I'm talking about in the most loving way, like these three men spurred me on in my life to help me become who I am today. Thank God for these three men. There are people in your life that need your help, that need a spurring on. So I'm gonna encourage you, spur on those that God's placed in your life. Okay, um, I've got two more points. And the fourth one is uh, it's a very critical thing that we don't talk about a lot, or I don't hear talked about a lot, but it's very, very important. So I want to share this with you, and it's on the, the laying on of hands. You know, the laying on of hands in the Bible, uh, it, was, it was referred to really when they were doing two things. They were either uh, wanting to bless, right? It was a, a laying on of hands to bless someone, 
or a transfer of authority, right? So it was either a, a, a prayer of blessing or a, a prayer to transfer or to lay on or to set in somebody in authority position. Moses did this, one of the examples, when he did this with Joshua in the laying on of hands. In Deuteronomy 39.9, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. You know, one thought on this point is, if we're going to lay on hands, right? And I love what we can do here with videos. Um, and, I, and I hope in the spirit realm, I am laying on hands on you right now as we speak. I, I pray in Jesus' name for a supernatural laying on of hands. But I do believe also that um, it's important to be physically close enough to people that can physically lay their hands on you. You know, uh, when I think about this, I think about um, for many years, our church, we went to Buena Vista, Colorado, and we went to what's called Men's Retreat. And uh, I have so many great memories of being in the mountains with, you know, three, four, five hundred men. And often, so often, um, there were there was a actual laying on of hands. There was an actual praying and laying on of hands. Um you know, and as I was writing this and I was thinking about um, this lesson for you, um, I was really uh, just kind of put on, the Lord put on my heart that I believe that is still something that we all need. So I don't know what that looks like in your life, but I know in my life, I am going to intentionally set, set time aside where I can lay hands on one or two people in my life, young men, uh, men that I love and spend some time with them, but physically lay hands on and ask God to bless them, to transfer authority to them, to, um, and, and to, again, kind of going back to the spurring on, to spurring on. This is a little bit different. This isn't just spurring on. This is an intentional laying on of hands to transfer blessing and to transfer authority. You know, I'm thinking about my son. I'm thinking about my son-in-law's. Uh, I'm thinking about some some men uh, younger than me that I mentor. Um, I believe there's a place in our life for men and women, uh, ladies, um, your daughters, your daughter-in-laws, um, friends, ladies that look to you as a mentor or a pastor. The idea of laying on of hands and and a transfer of blessing and a transfer of authority. I believe it's godly, and I think it's important, and, and honestly, I think it's very needed today, very, very needed today. Okay, the last thing is when we sacrificially give to another and we help them grow in their walk, our lives are going to be changed as well. We go back to Luke 6, 38, give and will be given back, pressed down, shaken, and overflowing, right? It's the principle of God. We don't give to get, Okay. That doesn't work. God's not, right? We, we, we're not going to trick God. We're not going to say, okay, hey, I want to do this, but secretly I just have, um, you know, um, this is 100% for, for, for my good, and I'm just trying to do this so I can get something good for me. That won't work, right? But when we love and we serve and we care for another person, when we extend ourselves, when we spur somebody on, when we draw close enough to transfer blessing and transfer authority, when we are truly Iron sharpening iron, just as I am honestly trying to do in this video, 
trying to help one another, trying to help you grow. There's just not any way that we can't grow through this process. So listen, um, I'm Merritt Vaughn. This is 2717. I'm so grateful that you, that you've uh, decided to share this time with us. If this is impacting you, if this is making a difference in your life, um, I would just ask a couple of things, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button. Um, and we just want to, we just want to change the world. We want to touch the world with God and his truth. And today, I hope I've spurred you. I hope I've blessed you. And I hope in Jesus' name, I've transferred authority for you to go out into the world and make a difference. God bless you. See you next time. Bye-bye.